0: Welcome to funding the dream on Kickstarter. This is episode fifty four and I want to welcome you to this episode. Uh, this is a special episode they 're all special episodes. You guys know that you listen to my show and you listen to me say that every time and i and I mean it in this episode though we have uh, I got sat down with Steve Jackson of Steve Jackson games and had the chance to record now the recording 's terrible, and I apologize about that. So we're going to gonna hook up with that kind of in midstream as we got to talking about them. And there was a few times where we dropped the call. So again, I apologize. But before we get going, there's a few people I want to say thank you to. You know, this continues to be a, a labor of love and we continue to have success with it. And I want to thank Michael Kudra for making it possible, Martin Pierre Frenette, Mark Rivera, Jonathan Jordan, Greg Dortry, Andrew Wilson, Chad Rutt, Brandon Massengill, Saber, Kay Iseguera, Scott Fort. John Scott, Kurt Walton, Mark Anticle, Nick Gallagas, Gagalus, sorry Nick, and David Hitchcock. Thank you guys for supporting Funding the Dream and continuing to make it successful. What I'd like to do now is turn the time over to my conversation that I had a couple of weeks ago and now we're putting it up on Kickstarter of the Ogre Phenomenon and Steve Jackson Games and we get to listen to the man himself, Mr. Steve Jackson. Let's go ahead and listen in on the conversation. Well, I certainly appreciate I know you guys only have just a few minutes, so I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to me about uh, your project on Kickstarter. Uh, how would you like to get started? Are there any questions I can answer for you before we get started?
1: Well, I understand that you've been doing this podcast for a while. Uh, tell us about
0: that and tell us what you've learned so we're not going over the ground. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, well, anything I've learned, you guys have learned all within the last week, so uh, it almost doesn't matter. Uh, so my podcast, this is we've done about 50 episodes. It's focused around uh, particularly the board game industry and how Kickstarter is impacting the board game industry and how people are taking their game ideas, putting them on Kickstarter, and then kind of bringing this whole new uh, ability for a game designer to bring their Game directly to the market with bypassing publishers and everything, and just bring it straight to the market. And there's been a ton of things learned. Most of it has to do with building a community, um, having the ability to reach out and emotionally connect with your customers or, your, or or your fans, and then bringing something of value. And oftentimes people are willing to support or back a project even though they might not get the equivalent uh, back in material goods. So you see a lot of people supporting a project, even though they might not get the game back or giving beyond what a game would normally generate, which is something kind of what you guys have already encountered in the first week that you've been up, right?
1: There have been a lot of people supporting at levels below getting the whole game, yes. Although we're also getting lots and lots of mail saying, and I hope to increase my support later. So we'll see.
0: And and I think, Steve, you're, this is a perfect example of what you guys have done. You've tapped into Steve Jackson games goes far beyond the games you produce. And it's so much more of the emotional attachment of people who have, who have followed your career all the way back to your metagaming days, long before, you know, you hit the big time, so to speak. And, and they, and that's where Ogre comes from, right? Ogre's way back there, way back in one of those uh, original micro games that came in the little plastic bag with uh, Scotch tape.
1: Yes, it was the first one.
0: I had a copy. I uh,
1: I no longer have. I I can tell you're really there because uh, most people think that it was in a sandwich bag. But no, sandwich bags were expensive. This was just a plastic (laughs) bag with scotch
0: tape. And I can still, that sensation of pulling that scotch tape and have it just tug at the plastic just a little bit, that sensation is there and still the cardboard feelings and then taking my scissors and cutting out all the little pieces. A great emotional experience that goes with that.
1: Well, we will not put anybody through the emotional experience <laughs> of cutting these counters with scissors. They well, he, will be die-cuts.
0: Well, here's one of the questions that's been the number one question probably asked out on Kickstarter. Well, there's a lot, but one of them is, is Kickstarter a viable method for traditional game publishers to bring their games to market? And Steve Jackson Games appears to be the first top-of-the-line game publisher to step up and actually deliver a product through the Kickstarter process that probably would not have existed without Kickstarter. Is that correct?
1: No. Uh, in the first place, I don't think that we are the first, what you would call a major
2: publisher. Uh, has Mayfair done Kickstarter? No. I don't, I don't think Mayfair has. Okay. Uh, I, I, someone did a Catan project through Kickstarter that was not authorized by
0: Mayfair. That was called called board crafting, and it was handcrafted Settlers of Catan boards made out of cherry wood and walnut and things like that.
1: Oh, well, that sounds pretty, but... uh, Well, maybe. uh, I will admit that, that we weren't looking at it and going, oh, what everybody else is doing. It was, is this right for us? And we were going to release this game anyway. The reason for using Kickstarter was, number one, to take advantage of the existing pre-order system. Uh, Number two, to let us gauge support, because for a game this expensive, our press run would have been very much on the conservative side otherwise. And number three, it gives the chance of increasing the goodies in the box, and that's working out although Phil is now going through going through the pains of a print buyer dealing with a moving target
0: sure yeah. and, and it truly is a moving target you've already surpassed the top board game on kickstarter which was about 176,000 what are you guys at today have you looked i don't know
2: what it is now 178 179 somewhere in that area oh i could i can
1: easily look i have that window I thought I had that window. Okay. It, it's
0: about what Phil said. Okay. And you've still got a month to go though, right? Well, what? Uh, 24
2: days to go. 24 uh, days. And it's
0: uh, $178,999. <laughs> so Richard, quick, uh, support us with a dollar. Yeah, we'll put you over. Hey, <laughs> I wish I, could, I was in a position to do that, but uh, you're close. I did help. Now, uh, go ahead. Um,
2: you mentioned something about how just we were doing this to make the game, and that's a pretty common misconception. The $20,000 goal, for example, that doesn't even cover in-house production costs to make the game. I mean, the manufacturing cost is six figures. $20,000 does not even cover the shipping costs. The $20,000 goal was just – it's – a pre-order system, so we set a low price because we're making the game no matter what. And I'm going to be very interested to see whether,
1: whether what we're doing turns out to be a viable model just in terms of, of gauging support and getting pre-orders. Uh, we certainly have been asked, oh, does that mean all your projects will be on Kickstarter from now on? And the answer is heck no. Uh, but if this one finishes as well as it started, then I expect we will be back to Kickstarter at some point, and uh, this time with experience under our belts, and we won't be uh, we won't be shooting at so many moving targets. I mean, uh, we have been surpassing our stretch goals very quickly. When we set these, we thought that it would be okay as we see each goal coming close, we'll sit down and prepare everything for it. Ha, ha, ha. It's been more like wake up in the morning and see you passed two more stretch goals and another one is coming up and go into the office and work to deliver on the ones you passed.
0: Do you feel that you, uh, is there really a need to continue to do stretch goals?
1: That is a very, very good question. Um, let me turn it around, Mr. 50 Podcast under his belt. Would you counsel that we continue to do stretch goals?
0: I would say, I would say that you have reached the point where value has been delivered and now you're almost artificially creating um, value when your fans are saying, look, we're going to give you money for giving us the game. And you might just instead say, you know what, we're going to stop with the stretch goals and we're going to just take and make – how can we make the game better rather than adding cookies or goodies or T-shirts or bibbles and bottles and that type of thing?
2: A lot of the stretch goals have been designed around making the game better. For example, the $200,000 goal gives people more maps to play with at once. Not more maps total, just more maps playable at a time because it takes two – Double-sided boards and creates four single-sided boards.
0: Ah, okay. And First what's your double. and what's your two, what's your two hundred and fifty thousand dollars stretch goal? We have not announced a two hundred fifty goal. <laughs> I think you better get ready.
1: We do have to take off pretty soon, but I'm not even sure where we broke. And what questions did you have that that we lost or didn't get covered?
0: Well, we were just talking about the stretch goals, but my my the question I'd like to ask is. What impact do you, so you guys have approached Kickstarter, what impact do you think it's going to have on the rest of the industry?
1: Well, that'll be interesting, won't it? Uh, I know that one thing we're going to do is publish what we learned, what what made us happy and what disappointed us. Uh, I know we're going to want to encourage Kickstarter to add some features to mail system because right now we really wish that we had told everybody contact us through regular email do not use kickstarter mail it's it's very very difficult to sort and and organize the material in the kickstarter box and my next update which will be tonight is going to have to tell people Please forgive us if we haven't answered your question. We can't even find all your questions.
0: <laughs> and I only had a hundred backers on my Kickstarter project, and I had trouble. I can't even imagine what you guys are going through.
1: Thirteen times that.
0: Yep, thirteen times so that. So, what can I just ask then, as we wrap up in the last few minutes here? What kind of what, did you feel there was some risk going to Kickstarter?
1: The only risk that we were aware of was the, oh, what will call it? The worst case success, catastrophic
2: success? Yeah, uh, Hicks at Evil Hat wrote a uh, right. post about um, worst case success where you succeed in a way that is actually a little bit damaging because select levels that cost you more to fulfill promise that idea
0: right and I had uh, I had him on the show the other day to talk about that very thing we talked about that worst case success
1: that's something that we're aware of for instance uh, as soon as this meter ticks over 200,000 our Profit on the game will drop like a paralyzed falcon because at that point we'll in a, a lot more curve work, and that will cost you to put it together and more to ship. If orders continue to go up past that, then, then that will help pay for itself as well as being... Forever. A valid. But if it reaches 200,000 and stops dead there, then, then we had gone 99 and stopped.
0: And well, I'll be happy
1: because I want more board. Sure. And at
0: 250,000, we're still waiting for what you guys are going to come up with that one, right?
1: Right. In- but I think that we got, got cut off before. we think we need looking for stretch goals to add value to older outside of this particular project.
0: Okay, interesting. Because we can only put so much in the box. Right, and there's a lot in there already.
1: Yes, but we have talked about producing a a helper app, a record keeping app. And I'm going to put together a survey here and see how many people might like to see that rather than the dry erase record sheets that we had been planning to put in the box. Some people don't like dry erase.
0: Got it. Or you could actually do both, I guess, couldn't you?
1: We could do both, but they're both expenses, and I think I want to ask people which one rather than than putting in expensive
0: redundancy. Got it. Uh, You were obviously surprised by the response based on the comments about how fast you passed the stretch goals. Any idea, uh, is this surpassing your expectations? And if it is, how and why? And we'll make that the last question. The speed of
1: response is surpassing uh, expectations. Obviously, if we set a $200,000 stretch goal, uh, we thought there was a good chance that we might make it to $200,000, but it looks like we'll make it tomorrow or the day after, with still three weeks to go, and that's, uh, that's slightly mind-boggling. We know we have two other bumps coming. It will bump when we announce a solution for overseas shipping. Uh, The better the solution is, the more the bump will be. (laughs) Right. And there will be a bump at the end because that's how Kickstarter projects work.
0: Right. And any idea why, I mean, you guys got caught off guard here a little bit. Uh, why Why this amazing response to this project? What's your opinion on that?
1: Well, we knew that people liked the game, but uh, there are more people out there finding Kickstarter and using it than we really thought. And and certainly there are more people who are willing to put $100 down on a Super Deluxe game than we were willing to count on. I mean, remember, getting into this was to... Find a way to test the water, and we found out that the water was nicer than we thought.
0: I know I said that was the last question, but it just makes me want to ask, and that is the current model of distribution: where you produce a game, you kind of give it to the distributor, you give it, uh, they give it to the retailer, and that flowback is so limited. Does this Kickstarter just say that being directly connected to your customers like this provides such an incredible amount of feedback that maybe? maybe what we know about the board game industry isn't accurate and that people are willing to spend a lot more money for projects that maybe don't meet the, don't fit into the traditional retail model.
1: Well, that's a, that's a multi-part question. And I can agree with the the last part of it about maybe people want more and different things without agreeing with the first part. Uh, The, the feedback that we're getting through Kickstarter is actually Very, very broken. It would be much better if it were on a standard forum or a a more featured mailbox. Uh, Easily half of the mail that we're getting could reasonably answer by, please read the fact. Now, that's not the answer we send, but people, people are not finding the fact. Uh, I think that there's, there's a lot to be said for the Kickstarter model, but it needs to evolve. I, I All right. That's fair enough. It, what? It, what and how many months old is Kickstarter? Has it reached a year yet? Oh, said, it's over two years. Really? Uh, this okay. is,
0: it just had its third year anniversary this month.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, that shows how much attention I wasn't paying for a while.
0: I mean, but to, give you so- I- to give you an idea, last year Kickstarter received $100 million in pledges. Mm-hmm. The, the board game space received $2 million of successful pledges. There were 116 projects back last year on Kickstarter for board games, dice games, card games, but tabletop gaming in general. So far this year alone, in the first three and a half months, not counting Ogre and some of the projects that are currently running, there's already been successfully raised uh, 1.5 million dollars for board game projects and RPGs.
1: Well, that's great. They're seeing growth. They, or some other similar effort, uh, needs to come up with more scalable tools. They do. Uh, I can easily imagine uh, a seriously major project looking for funding but if they were trying to correspond and deal with 200,000 backers there's no way that the current communication system would work and you'd have disappointed backers because well i wrote them right there on kickstarter and i haven't heard back
0: yeah good uh, valid point
1: valid and point. and it sounds like i'm griping and moaning and no. and i don't mean to i don't mean to gripe and moan i'm happy overall with kickstarter but I mean, this is a play test for us, and, and that's the biggest failure mode we've found, is that not only is the Kickstarter inbox unmanageable, but Kickstarter invites comments after every update, and it's getting harder and harder to, to keep up with everything that people say because it comes in in all these different ways. And that's not counting the ones who post comments on our forums, uh, send email to me, or post comments on unrelated forums because they know that I'm reading it or Phil's reading it. I've gotten comments on this on the Lego forum that I read.
0: <laughs> well, valid points. And think about the folks over at Double, Time, Double Fine with their forty to 60,000 backers and the $3.3 million they raised. I can imagine it's even... It, It's impossible for them as well. Well, Yeah, they had
2: to use a million of that just to communicate with people.
0: Yeah, easily, easily. Well,
2: there comes the level at which you have to bring in a
1: full-time person just to communicate. But if that person doesn't know exactly what's going
0: on, the communication is worse than useless. Yep, valid point. And I think that uh, I've seen Kickstarter respond to the community before in the past. Hopefully they'll respond this time as well. Well, it's, it's part of managing growth for them too. It is. I certainly appreciate your guys' time. I apologize for the connection and the difficulties we had with that. Any last things that you want to say, Phil? No, I'm good. Thank you, though, for your time. Thank you. Uh, This will probably go up uh, later on this week. I'll send both of you a link, and uh, I certainly appreciate you guys uh, chiming in and letting us know a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes with the uh, Ogre Project.
1: Sure, please do that, and we'll point to it in an update. Thanks, Steve. Well, I'm not – okay,
0: but I don't want to be flooded. Don't be flooding me. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) All right.